0: good evening ladies and gentlemen father we thank you for this privilege thank you for we gathered our gathering is unto you and we desire to receive of you things that we will trade with things that we have eternal benefits for us for your kingdom thank you for our gathering tonight is not in vain you will get across to us individually your name will be glorified your kingdom will be built and uh, the devil will be stupefied thank you heavenly father in jesus name amen it's a privilege to be here today and that's the honest truth because um, i'm a product of rima uh, that that's the honest truth i'll explain in a while in the early 80s i was in the university of benin and my fiancee then who is my wife now you know some people had three four five fiances before you go back uh, so she attended a program. I think it was a crusade or something late Archbishop Bishop Benson in the House. I can't remember what it was exactly, but there she and others who attended were given free books by written by Kennedy Hagen. And so she brought them to the campus and gave one to me, redeemed from poverty, sickness, and poverty. probably. So that's the first. Contact I had with kenny Hagin Ministries, and I read it. And when I read the book, I I've always enjoyed reading. You know, I, I read a lot. Normally, I just I, read, I anything I, I read. I've always read. If I come to your office and there's a book on your table, I will probably read the back of it before I get up. You know, I, I, so it was like when I was reading, even though I was lying down, something was standing inside me. That's where I felt aha you know this is what your heart has been crying for this is how it's supposed to be you know somebody who took god at his word you know and uh, after that after that book i read every book that kennedy hagen wrote i mean every book and the ones that came after that i i followed and later through following him i understood uh, the place of anointing and the place of um, association environment and influence that when god gives you a kind of ministry he makes you to follow after somebody in a similar thing so I, I saw that it was beyond just my liking his materials but uh, that god wanted me to follow him that way so I, everything he wrote and uh, i went to the us for the first time in 1991 the church where i was then paid my way to attend an All Faith crusades uh, by reverend kennedy hagen and uh, i think it was in virginia i can't remember exactly where my Older brother who had lived in the US many times for many years then had a friend who was uh, living in the place. So I would follow them out in the morning. He and his wife would drop me in the morning. You know, he would teach during the day and then have all these or at night. So I had nothing to eat. I had no idea how. It so it's like they just dropped me in the morning. And I would hang out from morning, just sort myself out, drink water, whatever, until evening. And then on their way back, they would pick me. They didn't attend the program. So it wasn't uh, an easy journey at all, but that I was going to see Kenneth e. in live, you know, it meant everything to me. And so I, I met him. He didn't meet me; I met him. You know what I mean? Because he, he had no idea I existed on the surface of the earth. So there was a session when people were shaking his hand, you know. So I stayed on the queue. You know, I'm not that kind of person that was the line up to go and meet somebody because of what. But uh, I counted it with privilege, you know. I shook his hand. I went back a second time. Believe me. <laughs> Shook his hand again. And then I said to him, I came all the way from Nigeria. I said, oh, Nigeria, he just tapped my back. You know, he was just being nice. I'm sure he never remembered the conversation. (laughs) And and as I walked away from there, I believed that day I heard God say to me that uh, someday, somebody will come from another country and can't the privilege to meet you. And I I had forgotten all about it. I said it, of course, to my wife then. Uh, We had a radio program in some place in Cameroon one time, and English-speaking part and A Baptist minister tracked me down from that radio program and came to Ibadan where I live and came to meet me and he was so excited to see me and I remembered, you know, I'd forgotten all about it. I remembered that yeah, what God said was going to happen. So that's why I see I'm a product of Rima. Uh, that that's the honest truth. My uh, approach to ministry, everything I may know about ministry, all came through following Reverend Kenneth Higgin of blessed memory i'm looking forward to really meeting properly when we get to heaven then we meet you know and uh, uh it, it's uh it's it's been incredible his impact on my life that that's the honest truth i'm telling you the truth not because i'm here that's the honest truth and uh reverend tokuma did you want knows that we've known forever like he said and his wonderful wife and um the, the rima team is just a blessing for me to be here that that's the honest truth uh, if you think it's a blessing that i'm here it's the other way around it's a blessing that no you know i couldn't have invited myself you know what i'm saying yeah. So please help me to jam your hands together to appreciate our uh, national director. And I, I didn't know there were going to be so many people. Where do you guys come from? Yeah. <laughs> so let, let me ask who who has been involved in itinerant ministry? You're an itinerant minister already. Can can you signify? Okay. Very well, few people. Okay. So somebody who goes from place to place to minister God's word? okay now like we know and like has been said already that's not basically the calling of a pastor because a pastor seems to stay in one place but the honest truth and what is important for all of us who are here today is that even a pastor might end up being an itinerant minister you see i discovered a few years ago part of what we are going to talk about along the line whether it's on that this or the other topic is um, records and, and all that. You know, I keep records a lot. Every message i preach, since the church I pastor started, I have it written down by order, you know, every year. There's something I type out every year, even before computers came, and, uh, you know, I write it out every year. So I know what I pray where. When I go somewhere to minister, including this, when I get back home, I'm going to put it somewhere under this year, the place I minister. So I discovered that in the last, I don't know how many years, seven years or so, I actually preach more outside the church I pastor than in the church I pastor now. Because I go out quite a bit. And one day during my quiet time, I believe God made me to see something I didn't see quite that way before. That when you have more than one area of gifting, you know, because you can start in one area, isn't it? And then God, yeah, we have examples of that in the Bible. We'll probably talk about that. You, God used David's life to explain it to me. The place of primary gifting, prominent gifting, and progressive gifting. Primary, prominent, progressive. David was primarily a psalmist; he was a musician. How, how do I mean? That's where he started from. And uh, there was a time his son ran him out of the throne. You remember, Absalom. He wrote Psalm three. Then he still wrote a psalm. So even though the prom- when you hear David today, you think of King David. That was his prominent ministry. King. When you hear when you mention David, everybody thinks of king king david but the primary calling that david had was that of a minstrel so when he left the throne when he was no longer a king he was still writing psalms but the bible refers to david as a prophet as well you know that's in the bible more than once and at times he was quoted directly there are times indirectly the new testament will say as a prophet said and you see that it's a psalm of david that was quoted so david was a prophet but david still have prophets minister to him like god like nathan so the primary calling of David was a mystery. He never stopped being a mystery. The prominent calling was a king. When you hear David, you think of King David. And then the progressive one, meaning he kept growing in it, he could keep growing in it for as long as he lived. So I saw that my primary calling is that of a teacher. That has taken me across the body of Christ. You know, I've been in all kinds of places, you can't imagine. So if not last year that there was covid I actually minister more outside the church as a pastor, and yet I'm a pastor, because that's my problem. So if you mention my name in the city where I live, they'll think of Pastor Kolade. But more than that pastoral office, I'm here today because of a teaching gift. So that has taken me into many nations across the body of Christ generally. So even a pastor, what I'm saying now, can be an itinerant minister. The important thing is you're going from place to place ministering God's word. Now, what, what do you consider to be challenges of an Italian minister? Let's say who is not a pastor. Can I have one or two people say something? Just briefly, you know, just say one thing. And that person says one thing. I know everybody can hear. What are the challenges? Let me, let me give you an example. No regular income. That's an example, isn't it? Well, if you're a pastor, you're on salary. Somebody's paying you every month. You know somebody's going to come, whatever happens. But uh, if somebody doesn't invite you and give you an honorarium or whatever. Yeah, so not, I deliberately I, I, really started from that area because I know you are not likely to want to say that. <laughs> so that somebody won't say you like money, you know. So, so I started from that. Okay. So, can we have one or two more examples? Yes. Yes, sir. Please just stand. Okay. Yeah. Please talk. Yeah. What do you consider a challenge of eternal ministry? They mostly get sick. Mostly get sick. I, I didn't see yeah, you. Sometimes they are overloaded. They don't sleep well. Sometimes they get sick oh, really? because of people coming. And how? How? I don't understand that. Because the person is moving from place to place, doesn't sleep well. Yes, because many people come to get saved, to get healed, so they might have sleep stress. Oh, okay. So the person is very busy. You think? Yes. It's possible not to have an invitation for one year or two years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the person is already very established. At what point you are talking about? Who doesn't have time? And that can happen to any minister. Yeah, whether they are itinerant minister or not. But I, I'm not throwing away what you said. It's possible to become that busy. That you want but it's something that can affect every minister which is part of why we all need to learn the place of balance to know that we have to make time to rest enough thank you please let's appreciate her yes yeah you move you leave your family many times yeah that that's a challenge yes no continuity he doesn't see uh, what he planted grow Okay, so no continuity. You, you move from place to place. So you, you But you see, you are seeing it as a challenge because that may not be your primary area of gifting. You probably have a heart for a shepherd's work that you see it grow and germinate. Yeah. Somebody who is called into it doesn't necessarily see it that way. But that, that can be a challenge. But when you are having a concern, it might suggest your area of gifting is something else. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, yeah. So, so that's the truth, continuity, yeah how about something like okay trust yeah can you tell us what you mean please okay they might see you like a threat like a threat okay yeah so people may not trust you they may not trust your motive so that shows you have to be wise and careful so that people can trust you these are parts of things we are going to see as we go yes somebody else doctrinal values doctrinal things yeah because you can go and say what uh, they don't believe in or what they believe in the other way around that's very good yes it's true so you need to be wise isn't it you just don't go somewhere open your mouth and say everything yeah you you say what will help people what you know uh, will not cause problems because after you go if you create a problem that's the end of your ministry they're in that place and then the is not going to ask anyone in fact they hear that somebody wants to invite you somewhere they say well are you sure god called the person here yeah. how about someone like consistent prayer support how about things like that yeah because you you people should be praying for you and all that and it may not happen unless you are deliberate about it uh and all that does anybody else have anything to say oh. yes okay um yes sir the scripture talks about uh, wicked and unreasonable men for not all men have faith sorry so i can't hear you okay it's, it said i talked about um, the challenge of a minister going out there and they are not treated well in some places where maybe you don't have they didn't give you food to eat or a good place to sleep or you know you are and then they said god bless you when you are done you just find your way very true Ah, that's very true let me tell you something (laughs) let me not mention the place and let me not mention the city i was once put in a five-star hotel somewhere to minister and they forgot to give me food. And at this time, no ATM. Yeah, we didn't have uh, ATM cards and all that in Nigeria. And I was, and I was hungry. And you, I hope you know there was a time we didn't have mobile phones. You know, you're forgotten that there was a time, those of my generation, we didn't have mobile phones, that you are even going to call somebody to tell you what's going on. And uh, if you respect yourself, as a guest, you're not supposed to be asking them to give you food if they forgot. I'm telling you, Drew, I was hungry. See, I've been to a place before, outside the country, where they gave me food. It's as though the person who cooked it just emptied salt inside it. It was impossible to eat. I'm not kidding. You know, there's food you can manage if you're hungry. It was impossible to manage this one. It's as though they just opened and just poured salt inside. I thought, what? I never told the pastor, never said anything about it. Oh, yeah. So that, that's a, it's a major issue. So you see, today, <laughs> in church, I pastor. When we go to have a guest minister, I want to be sure food gets here on time. Cause I know how it's like. Because being on the other side, when they tell you, so so, we happen at two o'clock and four o'clock, that's not happened yet. You're still waiting. So I say, hey, ask when the person wants to eat. That food must be there before then. You see, I believe if you get somewhere before time, that's when you're on time. If you get there on time, you are late. That, that, that's what I believe personally. If someone going to start at 5, if you get there at 5, you're already late. Because you're supposed to start at 5. So it's when you get there early that you're on time. If you get there on time, you're already late. So, you see, it's good to let both things happen to you so that you will see the other side and know how to treat. Because sometimes they are not treated well at all. Please, let's appreciate all of those who have said something. So how do I know I'm an itinerant minister? How do I know? Just like for other calls, an inward witness. See, the are different ways God makes his call clear to people. Someone like Saul of Tassos had a dramatic experience on the way to Damascus. But if you had that kind of experience here personally of God's call, can I see your hand? The kind of experience that Saul of Tassos had on the way to Damascus. The Lord just appeared to you, you fell off your donkey. Anyone, can I see your hand? You don't even have a donkey anyway. (laughs) So, you see, nobody. That was a spectacular way. But for most people, that's not how it happens. So don't think you are not called if something discus like that doesn't happen. You see, just that there's a witness inside you. Let me tell you the honest truth. What I believe personally from seeing scriptures. Long before the time you think you are stepping into the call, There will be an awareness inside you. When you look back at your life, what do you think was making Saul of Tarsus to do it above his pair? What do you think cost it? That was persecuting people so much. You know, you remember he said, God who called him into ministry, that uh, he found him faithful. Somebody was going to persecute somebody at noonday. You remember? It was a noonday. Do you know what the desert is like? Son, during the day in the desert, to go to persecute somebody, to be going somewhere to do that? The call was working in him. He didn't know. Moses 40 years before time went out when he saw you know somebody defeated an Egyptian. You know, he, 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 he killed, the two people fighting didn't kill each other. <laughs> he that went to separate fight killed one of them. <laughs> and 40 years after, when God was out he said, no I can't talk. 40 years before, there was something in him that made him, yeah. So you see, when you look back at your life, if you have a call, you will see that there was always something a witness within you that made you what you thought everybody saw, what way you disqualified, it's not everybody who saw it that way. Yeah, so there's something about a call, and it's a compulsion inside you, a witness of the Holy Spirit to make you know that will that be God's design for your life. There are people who can be led spectacularly, you know, but uh, that, that's not the primary way. Don't go after the spectacular, I means the supernatural, like uh, Kenneth like kind of Higgins will say. Okay? So God's call, any way it comes, is supernatural. And the important thing is to be obedient to the call and not to be after uh, the spectacular things. Let God handle the way he wants to do it. So you must follow God's vision and not your own ambition. Some people are just naturally ambitious. They just want their name mentioned, they want things, they want, uh, if, if somebody's not going to give them credit for something, they, they won't get involved. So that, that's not what we're talking about. An itinerary member should be a member of a local church. is very important you know we all know about billy graham billy graham died uh, a few years ago billy graham is supposed to have stood before most human beings face to face of course when you say things like that it means they don't consider somebody like moses because number of people moses came in contact with you know but anyway billy graham was still part of a local church so don't ever see yourself too too big in court The local church is god's plan the local church is god's idea in the church i pastor there are many itinerant ministers you know who have titles reverend whatever and they are not even part of our ministerial team they are not part of the ministerial team of that local assembly at all they are acknowledged as servants of god we pray for them we respect and honor them But they go out and do the work God will have them do in different areas that God called them into. And they come back to that church to see it as their base. And they go back out again. So they are not even part of our ministerial team at all. So everyone should be part of a local assembly. That's what we're saying. That's God's plan. Everyone should be part of a local assembly. The unity of the universal church, the highest office, excuse me, in uh, the local church is a pastor. So, they will have to come under the authority of the pastor there. You say I value the person's title. It's so and so. Forget titles. Like Kennedy Hagin would say, God does not reward titles. He rewards faithfulness. Like I told you, I'm his disciple. Yeah, my concept of ministry, my, what shaped my outlook to ministry is all the things I read about Kennedy all his I read everything he wrote. So, God does not reward titles. He rewards faithfulness. So we should just be obedient and all that so we mentioned some things like there may not be regular prayer support you know which is important for the success of a ministry so if you're an itinerant ministry there must be a way some way somehow of how there will be consistent prayer support those are things you need to think about there may not be regular financial support i'm talking about some challenges you may not be able to meet the expectations of your family because if you say you are an itinerant minister they invite you now nobody invites you for the next four months or something to minister and yet, somebody wants to get married in their family. And you start looking irresponsible, isn't it? Because everybody is contributing. After all, your parents sent you to school. One of your siblings, daughters, or somebody wants to get married. And everybody's contributing. Where is your own? And you can, you know, excuse me. You know, it's because I'm an eternal minister. You know, that kind of thing. So, that's a challenge. Because you're a real human believing in a real world, isn't it? Disrespect from people. There are people who just write you off. They will just... Uh, t- t- uh, what's the name, what's the name you say, so somebody say, so, 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 what's the name of the ministry where is it, they're expecting, because they think everybody must pastor a church you know, like, like uh, Reverend Adrian say when he was introducing it, we are familiar with pastor, and, and all of that, but you don't have to be high by irregularity of gift usage you don't get to use your gift as regularly as somebody, let's say who pastors the congregation, you know God called you, you want to share his word, and all that that is in you, and yet you don't have a regular outlet to share that's a challenge don't you think uncertainty of open doors inconvenience has been mentioned already travels accommodation food now romans eight fourteen, 14 we know it as many as are led by the spiritual they are the sons of god and evangelists basically will go from place to place i think that's the kind of thing our uh, young sister there was describing somebody who has a crusade you know many people you are ministering to many people you are there for hours on end that kind of thing you know yeah that can happen so a missionary basically is an itinerant minister isn't it an apostle can have a pioneering ministry to establish a church and then he establishes churches goes from place to place so he's also itinerating a prophet can be an eternal minister because there's a prophetic gift that is blessing the body and they're asking you to come here based on that, asking you to come here, asking you to minister there. You don't really have a base where you see. You say, but the title of an apostle or prophet, if you go to that local church, the person is a pastor. You are a prophet. No, you, you don't boss that person. That's why we said earlier on that the highest office in the local church is that of a pastor. Whatever else you carry, when you get to that church, you have to submit to the authority of the As a matter of fact, they won't invite you again if you misbehave. That's just honest truth. That's just And if your aim is to be a blessing, which is what your aim should be, then if, if you close the door by yourself, by your conduct. See, there's so much about conduct and character in these things. Let me give you an example. When I go somewhere to minister and a member of that assembly gives me money, I tell the pastor. I always tell the pastor so-and-so person, it's just one so-and-so thing. So if I'm going to ask for the phone number of the person to thank the person, I will let the pastor know. And after it, I delete it. I'm not interested in an ongoing relationship with the person. So it's not that. So that's part of what somebody was saying earlier on because some pastors are uncomfortable with that because, uh, you know, (laughs) let me me say something to you. I went somewhere one time, and uh, I was shocked, you see. As I was getting to the place, as they were picking me from the airport, the person was talking about my buying house in the place. I, I thought, that's odd. That's strange. I'm coming here to minister God's word. That's what he invited me for. Now, it was not protocol people that picked me. The pastor himself was there. And you were telling me about coming to buy house somewhere. I thought, is that what this is about? I was surprised, you know. So, as I was ministering, if I talked about tithe or money or something, the person would pass a note to me from the front saying, please emphasize that point more. No, I, I was shocked. Never seen that kind of thing. Fortunately, that's the only time I think I've seen it. Yeah, when I referred, I thought, you, even, you, you didn't put the words in my mouth. I'm saying what I feel like to say. Why don't you, you know, you write it to me to say I should say that last point again? I should emphasize it where? So I saw that I was made to see people after service. And we uh, say I should pray for so and so person. He's a very faithful brother. You know, he's also a big giver. Later, i understood that the giver was the important thing not the faithful. because i would get not blessing the person not been in church for three months but whenever the person came the person gave heavy money so those were the people that the pastor made me to see especially guest minister who came that god used that uh, you know he's a faithful brother also a faithful giver but i saw later that the faithful giver was really the issue and not the faithful brother but if you are not in church for months and then they're calling you faithful brother you're a faithful brother but where you you give money, you know, that was the EU. Anyway, so I can't even remember what I was saying that led me into that. So funny things happen, you know, in places. So of course I I, I wasn't comfortable there, I didn't want to go back there and I don't even think they would invite me back there. I hope you know there's not everybody who is your kind of person. It's not fight, it's not quarrel, but some people are not your kind of people because you don't see things the same way. And they could be a blessing. I wish, you know, in the body of Christ, there will be more openness of heart and not trying to, but yeah, there there are places that uh, you, you are not keen on going and they are not keen on having you either because your concept, your image, your outlook to things of God are not the same. Yeah, so you love them from a distance, isn't it? Yeah. Well, so a prophet can be an eternal minister. God can tell a teacher to teach in a local church or send him to a missionary school. He can send him to places, you know, we have people who are part of Rima Nigeria, as an example, staff, who teach. They are not necessarily doing, using that gift in a local church. And yet, that's their calling. Somebody can be a teacher in a home cell and is a teacher. There was a time we started house fellowship in the church where I used to pastor in Kano the church pulled me from home system because it was causing a problem because too many people wanted to attend too many people wanted to attend that could fit into one room and the idea was after you got to a particular number you would divide you know but too many people and they were refusing to divide so it was better to withdraw me from doing it because because it's not about you it's about a gift that was making that to happen you see that's part of how you recognize something because apart from the thing inside you that you feel there will be an anointing to go with it isn't it yeah anointing is the evidence of a call so as I explained earlier primary prominent progressive even somebody who is a pastor might find himself itinerating based on the kind of gifting that God has given you now let's talk about a vision from God for a traveling ministry it will produce a mandate to go all of us have to go anyway Jesus said go isn't it but for this person, there will be more go. Oh, uh, ten minutes. Okay. There will be more go. Like someone said earlier, you will believe in your family. If you are the kind of person that falls ill when you travel. You know there are people like that. Just go from Kano to Kano, they will fall ill after. That the, the, the stress of a journey for them is too much. There are other people who enjoy traveling. Yeah, they like to move from place to place. They like to see new places. They like to see new things. So, uh, is it making sense? Yeah, because the way God wired you is likely to show in those kinds of things. A desire to serve, to serve churches, to serve people. I already talked about an anointing to do it. And of course, God will confirm the world. There will be grace to travel, grace to be gone from home. So, if you are the kind of person who is fussy about what to eat, I want not to eat, you know, you can't eat uh, food that you are not used to before. Personally, I I like food that I've not eaten before. If my my wife and I are somewhere, we usually ask for two different kinds of things because I want to experiment what I didn't know before. So if the experiment is bad, the one my wife takes, it is good, you know. So we end up eating, I'll take part of us, you take part of mine. So we end up eating two different. I want to eat something new. I want to eat something different that I didn't know before. So that I go out is not difficult. Look for for, from verse 42. Let's read look for from us for two now when it was day he departed and went into a deserted place and the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them but he said to them i must preach the kingdom of god to other cities also because for this purpose i have been sent jesus christ is our example of itinerant ministry i must go to other places also that was in him so that's why i pointed out when our sister said what she said earlier on you know about consistency seeing people develop and grow that maybe you have a different area of gifting or calling because for somebody who is an itinerant person the person wants to go to other places also for that is the reason for which the person was sent let's say a few facts about traveling ministry it takes a while for a full-time itinerant minister to develop a full-blown ministry there are different uh, opinions different schools of thought Some think two to five years you know, but it takes a while for you to be established. Because for you to get known enough. You know, there are people you know today. Let me use Bishop Oedipo as an example. Now, I, I don't think it does that now. But do you know there was a time that Bishop Oedipo would go to a city and hire a hall. And have a meeting there. Some people are not who know about it. Yeah, When I was in Kano, he would come to Kano. And some churches will organize. And they will take a hotel or some place and one or two churches that he knew would organize it, and he would come as Domi, David Odepo Ministry International. Not Living Faith, not, uh, what, yeah. And he will come, and he did that across the nation. There was a time he did that. You see, he now, he, he's in uh, Otah. He's here, but there was a time he was itinerating that way. I understand now, if he even goes somewhere, he's back, he will be back before Sunday. You know? So, it takes a while. It comes sometimes with rejection, abuse, misuse. We've pointed that out. Marketing may be necessary. There's grace for traveling. We've pointed out. There won't always be good treatment. Luke 10:8. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you. So, personally, I'm not forcing about food. I don't bother about what I'm giving. Because if you're going to be going that way, you can't be specifying. I went somewhere and they told me See, I was interested in that kind of discussion. I learned that from Brother Higgin long ago. Because where you go, people will talk about this minister, that minister. And then they told me, somebody from the city where I am, um, that the person came with his wife to that country and asked for 18 different kinds of things to be prepared down. You can be sure they never invited the person again. Because you were saying it to me as a complaint. I, I didn't respond. I didn't say anything. I just c- continued what I was discussing you know, with the person. But can you imagine to say, make a goosey for me, make this for me, this so and so, I want snails separately, I want so separately. And you are going to minister to people, you are a body. They, they thought it was a burden. They thought it was a problem. <laughs> Jesus said, these are his words, that eat such things as I said before you. So if you want to be saying, I don't eat this one, I eat this one, you know, no, I don't know if you are ready. Develop relationships. A lot of parking is often involved. You pack a bag, you go somewhere. Another time you are going somewhere else again, you know. Always having to get ready. So you need to balance travel and family life, as we have said already. You need to meet deadlines. You probably don't have regular schedule of work, like 40 hours a week, like other people. Of course, you must find a way of contacting home regularly. Fortunately, now there are phones and things like that. At the time, it wasn't so. You know, now we have mobile phones. Everybody has a mobile phone in Nigeria. Some can't even remember there was a time we didn't have these things. You need to deal with pastors and uh, people's expectations. When you go to a place, it's better to ask questions. Ask how long you have to minister God's word. I had the privilege of ministering somewhere uh, this morning. The servant of God and his wife are part of this forum now. When he saw me yesterday, I asked him specifically, how long am I to minister for? How long am I to minister for? Because... If somebody tells you as long as you want. I but if you want to talk for 2 hours, 3 hours, you know? I've known of a place where they tried to stop somebody and it didn't stop. I'm not I'm not joking. I've known for They they removed the cable. I'm not I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Because it was so in Boland where time is important and the person went on and on and on and they tried to signal that's nothing they didn't say he didn't stop so just they just pulled out the <laughs> Why are you in the traveling ministry? If you're in the traveling ministry, why are you there? Is it for money? Is it for a name? Is it for recognition? Is it because you just have a good idea? Because a good idea is not necessarily God's idea. It's not necessarily God's plan. That something works doesn't even necessarily make it God. God always has a purpose for something. So it must be that God wants you to do it. That should be why you are in it, not because you like it. You know, there are things we like. There are areas of ministry we like. How You like. You know, there are many times you like and admire things that you don't have. Isn't that right? I'm not saying it in a negative way. I'm saying it in a positive way. That's childlikeness. A child has a nice toy, and another child comes to another toy. It may even be inferior to what he has. He wants to leave his own and play with that one. So it can be child-likeness. I'm, I'm not talking about envy. I'm not talking about a negative thing. I'm talking about a good thing now. I mean, if you are called uh, into a teaching office, you might admire somebody in the evangelistic of, yeah, you can get blessed when that person ministers. It's not that you don't, because that's one you don't have that that person seems to have, and, and you are blessed by it. So let it be not just that you like it, but that that's what God wants you to do. Because what you like to do and you just do won't have the anointing. One day I heard God say to me, My anointing is not for your purpose. I just sat down, I was just listening to somebody talk at a forum like this, and I just heard it within me, my anointing is not for your purpose. So it means we are not to use God's anointing for what we want. God's anointing is for God's purpose. So the more I walk in God's purpose, the more I experience His anointing. Many years ago, early days of ministry. I wanted to pray and fast for i think three days set out time because i wanted the power of god at work more in my life and ministry and a few minutes into praying acts one eight came to me and you shall see power after the holy ghost upon you, shall be witness unto me and i saw clearly that god's power was to accompany the witness do you see my point you shall say power I shall be witness on So the power. So if I wanted the power to be at work, then the witness or the ministry was. to If I didn't do that, the power was not going to be at work. I broke the fast. Yeah, because I wanted to hear God. I wanted God. There was no really to fast anymore. I already knew what I wanted. Yeah, God already got across to me. See, I was saying somewhere earlier on today, God's word is finer. Once, once, yeah, once God has said something to you, that that's what I was fasting for so it didn't take 30 days for me to scripture just came to me that that was the purpose for the power so all i need to do was to do that thing the power will accompany it and that was the end of it you know so let it be because of god and because you have a love for people you see it's possible to minister and not really have a love for people i've been there okay so we'll take a break in a moment now it's possible to be in ministry and to preach and teach God's word and not really have a heart for people. I was saying I've been there. See, I, I would teach God's word at a time and people would come for Sunday school in that church then and after the Sunday school where I taught, they would go to their churches. They were not members of the church where I was. And uh, they did that. It was an encouragement to me, because these were elderly people who go, you know, you can bamboozle small children, not elderly people. So it was a blessing to me. But I didn't really have a heart for people like that. But gradually, I had a heart for people. God gave me a shepherd's heart. I began to pray for those people, not the message I wanted to preach or teach. The people, what happened to the people became more important to me than what I had to offer them. Because something happened to me then. So, I, so now I have a love for people genuinely. I love people genuinely. It's not just I want to get it done. It's possible you just want to get it done. You don't want any messy thing. Go your way. I go my way. I've taught the world. Amen. Praise God. I've gone. I've done my bit. But now I want people to benefit. I want people's lives. to change. So I know that it's possible not to have a heart for people. Not to love people and yet be in ministry. We'll take a few minutes break. I hope you got something so we'll be back in a few minutes five minutes thank you